I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Well, I feel like uh, I feel we should kick this off with some like oh, fuck like old ass news. It's kind of newer news to me, but I guess I'm not a fucking 18 year old girl, and that's why it's old news to me. Um, <laughs> I, I knew before. Oh, I knew before oh, everybody. This so, is about Justin Bieber. Yeah, so I follow the Biebs. In case you were like me, because I don't follow the Biebs. I don't eat bim- bimbits or whatever the fuck they put out. Um, I'm not a Bieber bimbit boy. <laughs> should have been called bimbits. <laughs> what are they Why? called? They, they were called, t- uh, I don't know. T- Tim, Tim Beebs. Tim Beebs, yeah. That's a, bimbits that's bimbits is better. Yeah. It's got to be the dumbest name. <laughs> Tim, Beebs Tim Beebs must be the dumbest name for the stupidest campaign that worked. Dude, yeah. how much do you think you got paid for that? Uh, I hope a lot. Well, I hope it was enough to get him treated for Ramsey Hunt because here's the video that he put out. Hey everyone, um, Justin here. Uh, <laughs> TikTok eye. I roll. wanted I to update you guys on. I don't think it's a TikTok eye roll. He on. literally can't uh, move his face no, on the right no, side. No, no, no. You can probably see from my face. I know we're trying to listen to this, but that's the TikTok. <laughs> um, like, uh, yeah. I have, uh, yeah, you would know, Brian. I would. This syndrome called. Uh, um. Ramsey forgot about Hunt it. Dude, that's how much he cares. And it is from. <laughs> Dude, he really should care. He should care. Yeah, it's bad. Virus this could be bad. That um, attacks the nerve in my ear and my yeah. facial nerves and has caused my face to have paralysis. As you can see, this eye is not blinking. I can't smile on this side of my face. This nostril will not move. So there's full paralysis in this side of my face. So for those who are frustrated by my cancellations of the next shows, um, I'm just physically obviously not (laughs) capable of doing them. Uh, This is pretty serious, as you can see. Um, I wish this wasn't the case. But obviously, my body's telling me I got to slow down. And um, I hope you guys understand. And uh, I'll be using this time to just rest and relax and get back to 100% so that I can um, do what uh, I was born to do. But in the meantime, this ain't it. I got to gotta go get my... This is a little long in the tooth. My rest on. <laughs> get my face back to where it's supposed to be. Um, I love you guys. 
thanks for being patient with me. So I wanted to play that whole thing because I wanted you to really see like how fucked his face is. And uh, it is really fucked up. It, it is. And if you yeah. don't remember, if you or if you're new to the podcast, we actually did an episode back in January of uh, this year <clears throat> called "What the Hell Is Ramsey Hunt Syndrome?" Shingles are the devil, and uh, that was with our friend Jennifer. And was that the whole title? That was the whole title. Yeah. What the uh, hell? Is, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. Shingles yeah. gave her Ramsey Hunt. Right. That's I right. Know, I know that. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so here's the thing. Jennifer had shingles. It was quite. A, it was quite a long time ago. I don't remember the exact timeline. But um, from what I gathered from that conversation, there is no, there was a recovery of shingles and, but the, but it left her um, pretty much for the rest of her life in a state where she's kind of pretty much exactly what we just saw there. Like Mm -hmm. her, the whole, I believe it was the the left side of Jennifer's face was completely um, paralyzed. You know, she talked with uh, she kind of had that like Bell's palsy kind of look when she talked. Like you could mm-hmm. see the one side of her mouth wouldn't move. Like there wasn't a lot of like expression like we just saw with, with uh, Bimbit there. And uh, I just, I, I quickly kind of wanted to go through the, the complications of Ramsey, Ramsey Hunt just to kind of remind us. So, dude, dude for, man, I feel so bad for Bieber because like, A, I mean, that sucks in general. But for someone who's a, for someone who's a, a singer, um, it, he's looking at potential uh, hearing loss, which is like that totally. Like if you're a singer, you need your, you need uh, your hearing. Though, you know, arguably, arguably, it could be better because when you have hearing loss, like he, it would be in the one side of his head, and you he always hear singers going like, like, like covering, like, covering one, ear. one yeah. ear so they can really hear themselves. So maybe I think losing, maybe it will be better. Maybe, but I feel like hearing loss will have your will will have an effect on your ability to because they're not they're not when when singers plug their ear they're not fucking plugging the ear to experience hearing loss. They're they're <laughs> plugging the ear to like like they can still hear out of that fucking ear with the finger in. So it's like to get in in tune with your with your ability to like hit certain notes. But if he has permanent hearing loss in one better. side. You know, like when you go to a show and you yeah. put earplugs in, you can yeah, hear the yeah. show better. And they're also yeah. like hearing the fucking monitor that's in their ear. So, so you've got hearing loss and facial weakness. For most people, the hearing loss and facial paralysis associated with Ramsey Hunt is temporary. So let's cross our fingers mm. that Bieber has it temporary. However, it can become permanent, which would be a problem. Uh, eye damage. So the facial, facial weakness uh, by Ramsey Hunt syndrome may make it difficult for you to close your eyelid. He didn't blink once. Out of that right eye, man, your it eyes was open getting... the whole time. Yeah. So dry. So when that happens, the cornea, which pr- protects your eye, can become damaged. Probably just dries right it's the a fuck out. Fucking desert. And then there's a uh, 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 post-heptic neuralgia. This painful condition occurs when shingles infection damages the nerve fibers. The messages sent by these nerve fibers become confused and exaggerated, causing the pain that uh, may last. Causing pain that may last long after other symptoms. Uh, signs and symptoms of Ramsey Hunt have faded. So, you know, he could be looking at like, you know, dealing with like chronic pain. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just like, it's fucking, it's so fucking wild to like think when, you know, someone, someone like that gets affected by something like that. Yeah. Do, you, do you think in this case, it's like, uh, I always wonder when, when like people who have like, like fuck you money, a bajillion dollars. I, yeah, like, I had this it, conversation like, with Kira the other day. I was like, he can probably, He's he's privileged enough to probably have access to things that maybe someone like Jennifer didn't. 
you know, in terms of like, like her, yeah. her yeah, public yeah, health yeah, care yeah, versus definitely. like the private care that he could probably, uh, you know, have access to. Yeah. It's, but, it's but, but it's like, does that even matter if there's nothing that can be done? You know what I mean? Like, like it's one thing if he had, I don't know, like if he, if he had a certain type of cancer that is like that there he, are really wild treatments that you could do. Yeah. But, but like even just with like Ramsey Hunt, I don't know. Just, just the, just the, just not having to wait at all. For yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, like, like yeah. And yeah. by not wait, I mean like not even fucking, yeah, not even wait a minute. Like I'm, like I'm making an appointment and I'm walking in right. and I'm the doctor and like probably <clears throat> the best doctor that's known for dealing with this, yeah, specifically and being the best probably in the United States. Yeah, or if that, that doctor was in Japan, he's like, well, then just fucking put private me on Jane, my private 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 jet, private plane to yeah. Japan, see the doctor. Yeah, whoever in the mm. world, best in the world. But then the that the question still remains: like, it is is speed of treatment even a part of the success of yeah, treatment of Ramsey Hunt? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess yeah. Disease doesn't fucking uh, disease doesn't discriminate. So there you yeah. go. I feel bad for Bieber. So do I, feel, I, man. I've always felt bad for for him. Number one, if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't watched um, if you haven't watched any Justin Bieber documentaries, they're actually really good. You mean and, you feel bad for him because he became a celebrity at such a young age, and that's an incredibly challenging thing to deal with. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, and and watching like watching a a childhood celebrity have to now navigate and understand what it means to yeah. be a human in the world. With this, like, after never having fucked re- up, yeah, like, yeah. perspective yeah. on what yeah, it's like, child, being act- a human child actors. Yeah, yeah. I, I always feel bad for like when when those people like when a lot of those child actors start to like act out when they're like do you remember eighteen, the- nineteen years old. I'm always like, <laughs> do you remember oh, that- man? I feel bad. Like, I don't. Yeah. I'm not like fuck you for causing all that shit. I don't know, you know little that. kid. I'm like, that's a damaged kid. Remember that video of him when he was a kid when he was being interviewed by the the lady and she asked him about like Selena Gomez. She was like, yeah. Did- did, uh, no. I heard Selena Gomez like said this about you, and then he was like, "Oh, well, that's news to me." And she goes, <laughs> and he goes, "I like that oh, yeah. laugh." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. didn't see that. You didn't see that? Oh, it's yeah. so, he's like so he's like funny. twelve. That's yeah. Really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I like that laugh. <laughs> uh, well, get better soon, Beeps. Yeah, get, get better soon so we can have more of those bimbits. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna cancel the bim. Right. I don't know if the transition is here. Um, oh, here's a transition uh, for people transitioning. Um, there's a service out there. I didn't know about this. This is fucking super cool. My friend, our friend Katie, uh, in Vancouver, who will be at our Vancouver live show coming up uh, September twenty something, third uh, maybe. Um, she sent me this on Instagram. This is a CBC um, Instagram reel uh, about this person in in bc who has clients who are transitioning um and the i never thought about this like if you were transitioning from um from female to male um i'm guessing that like through the treatments that are out there in terms of like hormonal treatments if you're starting taking like tea on a regular basis you're gonna have like a bunch of changes happen to your body I'm sure it does also have some sort of effect on the way that your voice presents itself based on mm-hmm. the, those those hormones. But I didn't realize that like th- there's actually um, there's actually quite a bit of like uh, uh, work to be done to actually 
present the the like voice that fits with your identity like voice coaching yeah yeah yeah, exactly like like practice yes practicing to speak a certain way yes exactly and that's what this person does specifically is they Hmm. help people find their new resonance in their voice so check this out but in but in mixture with in this configuration you would perceive it more female and if i have my voice set up more in this configuration there's a chance you would perceive it as more androgynous or more masculine so a lot of what we do with my clients are um focused on building uh, you know kind of like this comfortable understanding of how to use and manipulate their own resonance hi how are you the human voice does something very similar, though, in that you can perceive gender based on the positioning of those resonances. Depending on, you know, if you have previously seen me or, you know, anything like that. If you just heard this voice on the phone, you might think it's a more masculine voice. But if I just hold She's just altering here, her voice there, right? Uh, yeah, they're, they're altering their voice. You can see it's, it's quite For people listening, than, the two voices we're hearing are from the same person. Being able to actually hear the voice that I had heard in my head since I was a little kid was phenomenal. There's not really words to describe it. Being able to know that other people perceive me the way that I've been perceiving myself my entire life is just an indescribable feeling. How neat is that? Uh, That's really cool. Wasn't that a cool job? Yeah. That is totally wild. Man, what what stands out to me is how, how much effort that would take Qu- just quite a bit not 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 as the per- as the coach but obviously as the coach because it's a job but, but as, a, the person. As, as the person yeah because like when you think about have you ever seen um have you ever seen like an actor do a really amazing like a british actor do a really great american accent or yeah. vice versa and then uh or or let's actually let's say something that's like someone more like um who has like a who has a who's like Spanish? Yeah, and they do a an American accent really really well. Yeah, but like Javier Bardem or something. I was just gonna say Javier. But then Bardem. when he goes and speaks at you know an interview, he yeah. speaks with a Spanish accent. Yeah, and and you know yourself like you've heard him do this incredible American accent, yeah, American voice with no with no hint of a Spanish accent whatsoever, yeah. and you're like, it's so funny because like you can speak, you can speak American. But it, but American American accent, but you don't because it would be so exhausting. Well, yeah, to and speak it, in that way all the time. And then the other part on top of that is like, yeah, you can speak with like a generalized American accent, but like you're also speaking very specific lines mm-hmm, in a very right. specific yeah, script right. that you very specifically yes. practice. Yeah, and so to like translate translate that over to like improving a conversation. Yeah, it's actually quite hard. It's quite difficult. Like. You need to like, kind of like put yourself in that. Then this even speaks space. to that even more because yes. you're you're doing it, improving yeah. everything, yeah. everything you say all the time in a voice that isn't, you know, isn't naturally <laughs> That's yours. Right. Yeah, you know? because the, so again, for people that are just listening and not watching on YouTube, the voice that we heard in that interview was as you heard the voice go from this um, sort of um, higher resonance female sounding voice. And then the person drops down to this like deeper, more like male resonant voice. Um, that's the same person speaking. And so like in order to drop down like a few of those octaves and like hit that particular resonance, it goes against your natural innate um, sort of instinct to speak. Mm-hmm. And so like to, to, to go through every day of your life um, working on that, I mean, I, I can, I can imagine I, I, it makes so much sense to me now to see that there's someone out there that coaches people yeah. how to do that because yeah. 
it is, uh, I mean, as someone who went through theater school and like, you know, vo- like vocal resonance is like one of the most important things as an actor that you learn. Mm-hmm. Like we would do voice class every single day, five days a week. And this is the kind of shit we'd be doing all the time. Yeah. And it's hard work. Like that, it's really, really that, trippy work. That must, that must with time though, become second um, nature. Yeah. Like, so I think of uh, the way that sometimes have, have you guys ever met somebody who's traveled to like Australia and then comes back and With has like little, yeah, like that, a little bit of a twang, like yeah. a little bit of yeah. like sounds like yeah. they, yeah. I, I have a good friend who, who um, grew up in Dubai and he moved to uh, Australia and, and I was talking to him on the phone a, a few months ago and he, he had this like, his voice sounded totally different. He's been in Australia for like five years now. And, uh, and I was just thinking about that. Like it, it's, I think that it can become second nature with some practice. So like, I, I feel like there's probably some aspect of that where we just condition ourselves to yeah. speak a certain way. Yeah. And then, and then you don't think about it because it's an un- unconscious decision to talk like that. But with practice, you can condition yourself to speak differently, yeah. I assume. And when you, and, without and, and for people who are transitioning, the, the hormones, I think, I think hormone, um, use, like taping, taking supplemental hor- hormones, estrogen or testosterone would help in making that less challenging. Although this is a totally fictional fucking show in euphoria. J- Jules's character talks about ta- mentions, mentions her voice change and, uh, and taking estrogen and mm. how, and how, mm-hmm. how she, she, there's a point where she's talking about thinking about not being on, um, hormone supplements anymore. Mm. And, and that, and her, she expresses like worry over her voice changing, and she becomes so comfortable with that voice, and what that would mean, how people perceive her, and blah 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 blah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it really does speak to how, I mean, people who are transitioning, there's so many fucking challenges that you're going, like a yeah. thousand challenges yeah. that you're going through, and you probably wouldn't, one of the one of the ones that you would think of outwardly as somebody knowing somebody who's transitioning, you probably wouldn't think the effort that goes into altering your voice is yes. one of them yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah it's a cool job i i'm i'm first of all thank you katie for sending that because i thought that was really really fucking neat and it'd be fun to have someone like that on to actually like go into the the depths of of like what that means for someone you know like how hard is that yeah yeah uh, it's it's one thing to hear someone talk about it and to think about it but like really what like what are the i'm sure there's things that you know that you wouldn't even consider yeah. And, and then, and then it just makes me think, think about, because I've never thought about that. And so it's like, well, what are the other things that I'm, I'm mm. not really considering when, when hearing about someone transitioning and not considering like the, the, all, all of the challenges that go with that, whether they be social or physical mm. or, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of this thing I saw once on Dr. Phil. Like what I, I have this vivid memory of watching this Dr. Phil episode when I was like 12 years old. When he had the bum fights guy come on who looked just like him. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. The guy who actually that? shaved his head. Yeah. yeah. That was really silly. <laughs> um, Dr. Phil kicked him off right away. He was yeah, like, I'm yeah. not talking to you. Yeah. Get out but, of here. but he had him sit in the green room, bring him out on stage <laughs> yeah, and be like, I'm not just yeah, so play the he, intro video yeah. and then kick him off. Yeah. yeah. Fucking that's like, bullshit. Everybody in that, yeah. fight, everybody on that stage was a, was a real POS. Yeah. And well, uh, so anyway, so the, the, the thing that I was going to talk about was this, there was this girl, there was this woman who had a voice, um, that sounded like she was a 10 year old girl mm-hmm. and she would, this is when like 
when like calling people from your landline was like really popular and there was no caller ID <laughs> and uh, and she would call places and they would be like, uh, we have to speak to an adult or we need to speak to your mom or like she would call to order like food and they would be like, uh, is there an adult around that can like finalize no, your order? Oh my God. And she was like really like her. She was super insecure about it her was just voice. Destroying her life. Yeah, because she felt like she could never. She felt like <clears throat> I think the way that she had described it was that it was like, you know, when you're like under 25 and you're not able to uh, rent a vehicle on your own. Yeah. But then you become old enough to rent a vehicle on your own. You're like, hey, sweet. Like this will come in handy every so often, I guess. But like, it's not really like that much of a life changing thing. But you like kind of hit that point where you're like, now I'm really now I adult. can do anything. Now she, ever, <laughs> I she, can drink, buy a gun. <laughs> And rent a car. I think she explained it that it was like she felt like she would never hit that point in her life where she was actually an adult because of her voice. Oh, yeah. And so a voice coach like that would be really helpful for her. I we imagine. should get in touch with her. But she's like and 80 now. In case she <laughs> hasn't thought of that. She's like 80 now and she's still like, <laughs> she's like, hi, everybody. She's like, no cap for real. <laughs> no, she's a total zoomer. Yeah, she's she. That that's shit what, was gas. <laughs> bet, bet. It, it actually wasn't the resonance of her voice; it was just the language yeah, that yeah, she yeah. was yeah. using. Um, that's straight gas. <laughs> we're like, uh, what? Uh, speaking Ew. of what is gas, I hate you guys. Um, uh, uh, what is not gas? I guess um, uh, alopecia, not gas. Um, speaking, speaking of alopecia, so I've heard. Uh, we spoke to our friend Lainey uh, back in 2019, April 8th, 2019. Wow. Uh, so that episode was ago. titled A Woman Balding in Her 20s, Alopecia. Is this a whole episode about celebrities now? Like, are no. we going to go into. No, no, we're not going to be talking about the Smith family. Um, <laughs> this is just about how alopecia treatments are lacking. So, alopecia is a, a medically benign, but its mental health consequences can be severe. Uh, research shows women with the condition are at risk of depression, anxiety, and poor quality of life negative body image, and, quote, marked disturbances in their social life, like missing school or work. A 12-year-old died by suicide earlier this year by being bullied about her baldness. Oh, no. But there is no cure nor ideal solutions. Uh, Steroids, whether in cream, shot, or pill form, are common treatments, but only work in some cases and comes with side effects, obviously. Um which I'm guessing one of those side effects would probably be moon face, which then then you're dealing with like, moon face. Yeah, you're not familiar with that. No, uh, moon face is is a is a uh, a condition that people get when they are on chron- like a, a like long term dose of st- or something. St- yeah, of like yeah. prednisone or steroids. Like puffy. Yeah, your face literally like uh, anybody who's anybody one who's gone through something like double lung transplant. Oftentimes, will end up with moon face because when you're done your transplant, you're 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 on you're chronically on steroids, and uh, as a part of like the post like transplant uh, treatment, and so your face literally like rounds out and gets like like you like moon face like the shape of the moon. Your your face goes fully round, and it's quite it's quite. Uh, it's quite jarring. Like it's a, it's a really, hmm. and it's very obvious. Like when you see someone with moon face, if you didn't know what it was, you wouldn't know. But if you yeah. saw someone with moon face and you knew what moon face was, you'd go, oh, well, I wonder That's if they had face. like, like, you know, kidney dialysis or, or something like that. What I don't really, what, what's interesting about what well, a question that I would have about alopecia and, and, and remedying it, if that was something that you wanted to do, especially if it was, you were desperately wanted to do it because you were facing like bullying yeah. or, or if it was really affecting your mental health. 
um, is like, have you ever seen pictures of Lewis Hamilton? Yeah. Like pre yes. making a hundred million dollars yes. a year. Yeah. Oh uh, no. Yeah. He, dude. Oh yeah. Dude, his he has a crazy receding hairline, like way back. Well, really? And or uh, I mean, not a, even Lewis Hamilton. I mean, what someone a that guy. more people would Lewis even know Hamilton. is uh, is uh, um, what's his name from Greece? Um, John Travolta. John Travolta. Yeah. But he's bald as hell. Well, I mean, not when he wants to not be. Oh, right. You know what well, I mean? Like, but like Lewis, he was, he was balding like that back in the day. Right. But Lewis Hamilton, like today, yeah. has a has a. Lewis uh, Hamilton is a famous F one driver. For people yeah, he know. has a has an impeccable, like a perfect, you know, like hairline, head of hair. Yeah. And and he used to be he used to have a really bad like male pattern baldness, mm-hmm. and uh, and shoot, that he doesn't have that anymore. So that was. I mean, I guess, like, what's the difference between losing your hair to something like male pattern baldness or, like, or just losing your hair versus yeah. alopecia? That yeah, like, I wonder allow... if it does. I wonder if those treatments don't stick with someone with alopecia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just, the body goes, well, it doesn't even, it doesn't matter if the hair has been implanted or not. Like, it, we're not keeping it. Yeah, I don't know. Is there, um... well, another, another option involves using chemicals yeah. to trigger a painful allergic reaction on the scalp which in 40% of cases uh, counterintuitively stops the immune system from attacking hair follicles. So that's it. Oh. it the, the, the body's attacking hair follicles. So my guess would be that having even a hair transplant wouldn't work. Uh, the therapy needs to be done consistently and isn't widely available, according to the National Alopecia but, uh, Arietta Foundation. The hair, it's not hair transplant, though. It's uh, their implants. Right, like they. Right, like sorry, in, that's what I mean. Like, that, yeah, like, yeah. They like implant it in. They're like, so, yeah, they're like it's like sti- it's, it's like stitching hair onto a like a dummy doll. You know, like, the, the word of du- the word dummy. I know that you're talking about, but like a dummy doll, it made me made me feel like a hair doll into was a dummy. <laughs> I was like, no, don't, say don't that. call it doll dummy. Uh, uh, but <laughs> but would it would it? I because I don't know how it works. Um, I'm assuming none of us do, but but if they tried to implant hair in, is it implanting into the existing follicle? I think that's why. Yeah, that's why. Many women find wearing a wig, which can come with its own ex- uh, expense and discomfort, is the best solution. I remember Lainey said they were like three grand. They're really expensive, yeah. For like a top top end one, I guess. Yeah. A bus and wig. Yeah, bus uh, and straight gas. Alumiant, Alumiant, generic name uh, Bericitinib, is among a class of drugs called a JAK inhibitor. Uh, they've traditionally been used in autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis to block the unwanted immune response. While they seem to be helpful for some alopecia patients, JAK inhibitors other than aluminant, 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 I believe it's aluminium, 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 including, I'm not even going to try this, <laughs> Zeljans. Uh, are, are wait, <laughs> wait, how do you spell it? That's X- a cool word. X-E-L-J-A-N-Z. Zeljans <laughs> are being Zeljans. studied and not yet FDA approved for alopecia. Uh, quote, people are spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on JAK inhibitors, uh, Quinlan said, often buying them abroad, a practice she called, quote, a little shady. Uh, Alumiant pr- approval for one will help patients get insur- insurance coverage for the treatment. So this is a new a drug that they're like saying that we should be getting more access to this. Uh, last year, the FDA began requiring warning labels on JAK inhibitors due to their quote increased risk of serious heart related events, cancer, blood clots, and death. Smokers and people with heart conditions are mostly at risk. Uh, still, many patients find the benefits of alopecia treatment outweigh the risks. Dermatologist and hair loss specialist 
Marianne Senna previously told insiders uh, Andrea Michelson, quote, when my patients and study subjects regrow their hair because of these treatments, I can see their smiles return, she said. They tell me, I feel like I've had my life back and I feel like myself again. Mm. Ben, your hair is... uh, I mean, it's huge. Your hair is like... like, Huge part of your identity. Obviously, I take it for granted because I've never not had hair. I've had... But when you're... Like all three of us got really lucky in the hair department. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And 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 I I my hair changed when I was like like 18, 19, 20 from like my hair was always didn't matter how I cut it, it just like grew kind of it grew straight. It didn't like and I just never I never liked my hair ever. And then all of a sudden at some point when I was like 20, I cut my hair and it just like had some curl to it. And then I started to think I started to like identify a lot with my hair. Yeah. Like that my hair was a very big part of me like outwardly to the world. Yeah. And if that were to like go away tomorrow, like have you used the, uh, have you used the be... bald filter on um, Snapchat? No, I haven't. It's, it's nasty. Um, but I mean, you know, I, know. I, I used it the other day. And I was like, you you know, you've had really long hair. Well, I was like going to say, have. I was when you cut say your it. hair, like how, how nerve wracking is it when you, when you Do, chop a ton of hair off? It, I, yeah. Like I didn't, I was never, worried like i didn't i wasn't you buzzed your head i didn't find it nerve-wracking yeah. when i when i cut my hair i didn't actually find it that big of a deal um except for the fact that um i felt like a different person afterwards yeah and um, yeah and and i didn't anticipate that mm. like before i wasn't like oh like i'm gonna cut my hair and feel weird about it but i also think that at that point in our lives the first time we both grew our hair really long i would say that was the first time that i felt like i identified my personality with my yeah, hairstyle because our because our long hair was it was like a symbol of the virility type of, the type of person that we were which was like yeah. getting high every day not really giving a fuck about anything yeah fuck the man and, that, and our hair was a symbol of that <laughs> really hippies, fucking hippies <laughs> totally dude a hundred percent yeah actually oh, yeah. yeah and it was an, it was a way to wear that as like a badge of honor <laughs> and if you walk around the world in any go to any city like you can tell the way that people wear their hair, it is a symbol of the type of person that they are. A lot of people. And now the hey, new hey, version hey, of that is mullets. The color of your hair, the cut of your hair, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and hair holds a very like strong cultural value to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So uh, I was gonna uh, so s- shout out to uh to uh oh, fuck, I don't know what's it called. Fucking Zaljans? Zeljans. I was going to say, uh, speaking and, of guys... And uh, jack inhibitors. Speaking of those words, why is it that... Just name it that, something like, fucking not stupid. But but can we talk about this for a second? Because be Creon. I feel like something there we chemical. go. Creon's okay. I feel like we've we've been beating around the bush on this for like, like years now. Because, I mean, Jerry, we poke fun at you for how... Poorly, you say some of these long medical words. Hey man. But I if couldn't guys, say them. If you guys were trying and, to read this every week, they're they're yeah, tough. It, and, it has to do with chem, it has to do with like chemicals or enzymes. But, like, but I don't give a shit. Why whatever. why do we name those things those things? Like yeah. why do we why are all those yeah, why class things? Why are they all named crazy long yeah. hard to pronounce things? Know. Why uh, why can't they be, why can't they be more like community? It's like in if you go to med school, um, when you learn about muscles and the skeletal system and everything, it's all in Latin. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? Zeljans, not Latin. That's uh, that's 
That's straight out of like Andromeda no, I'm 2. Just using, 9, 3. I'm just using it as an example of like it's just the language See, of the field. I, yeah. I want to say right now, I want to say we should I know have why, a, I know why. We should I, have I know an, the reason. We why. should have an etymologist on the podcast to talk about this. Sure. But I don't even know if that's really how you say that word. Etymology? Etymologist? That is how you say that. I'm not sure because I don't because it's a long, hard scientific word. Etymology? Is it? Is it long and hard? No. To me, it is. I mean, you yeah. said it pretty well. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know the reason why these drugs are named like this. It looks it's funny. Because, it's because these fucking nerds don't have any inspiration in, in creativity. So they're, 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 their heads are in books. <laughs> and they don't books. have, they don't have like, the, you know, <laughs> yeah. they don't, they, they need to get a, they need to get um, a writer's room, you know, for, for naming drugs. <laughs> get a bunch of comedians together, come up with a fucking cool, funny name. That would actually be a really great exercise. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like, like my Creon enzymes. We should just call them belly pills. Here's a, here's a brilliant thing. That's a really good um, idea. I we, we should just get my nephews to do it. I was hanging out with my nephews the other day, and uh, my my sister we went <laughs> it was, it, prank <laughs> prank. Uh, this is the older ones, uh, the the twelve year olds, and uh, it was Father's Day, and we were hanging out. My sister, we just had dinner. My sister pulled out dessert, and she pulled out a box of Oreos, and one of the boys goes, "Oh yeah, cream betweens." And I was like, well, I was like, what did cream you just call? He's like, cream betweens. No. And I was like, I'm never calling Oreos Oreos again. Cream betweens. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's that Cream betweens. Awesome. Wait, did that's you ask him why he calls them that? Uh, no. It's obvious. No, I mean, because there's fucking cream, cream in between, between you know, I, went, I went to, uh, I, I remember when I was like, I, I'm not sure if I've told you guys this story before, but when I was like five years old, my, uh, my great aunt and uncle uh, were taking care of my brother and I for the day. And, and uh, they took us out for lunch to uh, KFC, and they asked us what we wanted to eat. We had been there before, and we were like, we want chicken with a cover. And they were like, uh, what the fuck is chicken with yeah, a cover? And we were like, uh, well, it's, I mean, it's on the menu here. We always get it when we come here. And they were like, no, there's no chicken with a cover on the menu. And we were like, no, we, every time we get the chicken with the cover on it. Your dad's just been fucking and, with you? And... Uh, and so we didn't get what we wanted, but what it was was we we wanted fried chicken, and the the cover was the skin because it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. fried, uh -huh. and uh -huh. then you take it off, and I mean you eat it, yeah. and it has a cover on it. Eat so, the cover. Yeah. So uh, I just always called it chicken with a cover, and I didn't know that it was just fried chicken. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. So now it's not as good as cream betweens. No, it's not. Cream betweens. Maybe you'll fantastic. go to KFC now and start calling it that. Um. Uh. Yeah, I was going to start going to KFC, Jer? Uh I mean, no, I, I'm, I'm a Mary Brown's man myself. <laughs> it's, they still have chicken with You're a cover at Mary Brown's. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, is Mary Brown's from Newfoundland? <clears throat> I believe it is. It's I, I don't know. It's, I mean, yeah, it's like a. I mean, if you don't eat Mary Brown's and you're from Newfoundland, you will be crucified. Yeah, that's right. It's a. Like it's they'll a, they'll it's throw you. Religion. They'll throw you into the harbor. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to see something kind of unsettling? Yes. You know how like, you know, you, I mean, Taylor, your eyes were itchy the other day. You know, when you're itching your eyes and you like, you rub your eyes like hard. Yes. And then they get more itchy and red and dry. Or like when you rub your eyes hard and you stop and you open your eyes and it's just like, all you see is like, like yeah. these little yes. speckles. Here's an MRI of what it looks like when you rub your eyes. Look at what's happening here. Ugh. Oh, oh God. Dude, that's gross. Wait, wait, wait <laughs> till you see the, wait till see the top again. view, dude. <laughs> top view. Watch this. Oh, 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 don't rub it so hard, dude. Oh, my God. No, oh, wow. It kind of looks like it feels good. Does it look like there's a little puppet master in the middle there that's like... <laughs> <laughs> Can you bring that up again? I want to yeah, see that yeah, again. Yeah, watch one more time. 
<laughs> Nathan Fielder there rubbing his eyes. <laughs> Ew. Look at him just moving around. Isn't that gross? He watched this little puppet master from the top down view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just pulling oh, you caramba! Yeah, so don't rub your eyes, folks. I have fucking allergies now, guys. I don't know where the how the fuck. What, what what's that about? I don't know. You should either you should either be born with them, or or, or guys, I'm getting a phone them. call here. One second. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, <clears throat> well, here uh, I put this story in here for uh, for you, Brian. Um, and uh, this comes from Jen uh, in our Discord. Thank you, Jen. Can't wait to see you at the Steve-O show here in Halifax uh, later in the fall. Uh, Nova Scotia lawmakers hear how a Dartmouth teacher, Dartmouth here in Nova Scotia, uh, across the bridge from where we live, where the boys are from, uh, Lawmakers uh, hear how a Dartmouth yeah, teacher used CPR training to save a young student. Listen up, Brian. When grade two student Sophia Guthrow collapsed during gym class in December 2020, a school employee carried her to the office at Mount Edward Elementary School in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Vice principal and grade five teacher Rebecca Stickings knew exactly what to do. The CPR training she first learned at a, as a teenage camp counselor in Madawaska, Maine kicked in. She learned this a long ass time ago, this old ass mm-hmm. teacher. So here's, here's a photo. This, this woman, this fully grown woman, who's like probably a mom, old ass I mean, teacher. You know, old ass might be a little <laughs> harsh. I hope she does not see or hear this. She looks like she's probably 43, <laughs> maybe? Dude, yeah. for a CF patient, that's old as oh, fuck. She's, oh, she has CF. <clears throat> no, no. I, I have CF. So anyone old, old, Wait, older what? than me is, is oh. a fucking is ancient. Um, <clears throat> uh, she said, quote, you just go into autopilot with training and you remember the stuff that's necessary. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> uh, said Sticking, who, uh, with the help of a 911 medical communications officer, giving directions, kept Guthrow's blood flowing from her no longer beating heart until paramedics arrived. Uh, they did use a portable AED uh, that they had on site at the time to revive her, recounted Sticking. Quote, when she left the school, she was breathing and she had a pulse, she said. We were very, very happy about that. Sophia had a rare disorder, restrictive cardiomyopathy, myopathy, uh, myo, myopathy? I think, so. I think myopathy, you're right, yeah. yeah. A condition where the chambers of the heart become stiff over time. She needed urgent treatment. According to her mother, uh, uh, Stefania Gallant, uh, Sophia's heart stopped again not long afterwards during a stress test at the IWK Health Center. Her daughter eventually received a heart transplant in July of 2021. Wow. Little fucking girl in grade two. Wow. How cute do you think that little heart is that she got? How cute do I think it is? Probably pretty cute. I mean, it's a, it's a, like, what's the, like, a a grade two, you're what, seven? Probably. Seven year, and your heart's the size of your hand? What do you think Zaya's heart looks like right now? So little, dude. Oh, yeah. It's go 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 make get her to make a fist and that's how big her heart is. Brian, Super you could come cute. over and do chest compressions to see if you could like 
stop it and start it up again. Uh, yeah, now, uh, sure. Sophia's now in grade three, and the young student's memory of that day, her heart stopped, is not all that clear. She said, quote, I was running in the gym, and then I felt like I went back home. But I dropped on the floor, and I, I, went, all ba- I went all black, said Guthrow. I went to the ambulance and then drove to the hospital. There's nothing hazy about the nine-year-old's feelings uh, for her vice principal. She said, quote, I think of her as my angel. Oh, uh, their story was just one of the examples of a group of people who appear before the Nova Scotia legislature's health committee on Tuesday to illustrate the life-saving power of CPR training and readily available AEDs. I wonder what they were teaching at that place in Maine, though, because like for it for it to be so memorable. I mean, I've sat through like probably, probably five or six yeah. St. John's ambulance CPR courses and obviously don't remember anything. Well, no, you do though. You just you you you, you did the training. You did it on a guy who didn't need it. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Whoa, you just need to give wait, it a beat. Wait, 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 guys. I feel attacked when you say I use it on a guy who didn't need it. Because I'm actually, I'm actually batting fifty percent. You are. I also you use also on, a guy on a guy that needed who it. did fucking need it. Yeah. And so it that, So this is what they should. Be, <laughs> this is what they should be teaching these people at these summer camps is like when to and when not to use CPR. Yeah. Right. They must have been doing that at that summer camp. Yeah. Because she knew. Unless she's gonna go and do it again. Now she's all jacked up. Well, see, it, so, it worked so, once. So here's what she, here's what happened. Right. Her heart. Her the girl's heart. Her heart stopped. Yeah. And they brought her to the office and the vice principal and the teacher were like, all right, well, let's check her pulse. I'm guessing. Uh, I don't know this, but I'm, che- I'm guessing they checked her pulse and there was no pulse. Now, here's the thing. When Taylor collapsed, did you, A, check his pulse, B, listen for a breath? No. no. Right. No, so, no, no, so you, no, so you no, did but, it wrong? No, no, no. You no, did it but, wrong? Almost but killed he, the guy. But okay? he, no, I didn't almost, almost kill. fucking killed I the guy. I didn't almost kill him. Thank God he's still here with us. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, I really feel strongly about this. Not because I actually care at all about what happened to Taylor. Right. But but I feel strongly about this because I don't think that we should be we should be talking about it in the way where we we are discouraging people from Attempting. No, to no, we're encouraging people so, to take the right so, steps. So don't ever, if you're fucking listening to this, I'm dead serious right now, and I feel very strongly about this. Don't ever feel, don't ever question your, if you're, if you're unsure if you should do it or not, you should do it. You should fucking do it anyway, because you a hundred percent. If you're I'm unsure, not, I'm not saying if, no. If you're unsure, one hundred percent, you should do it. Right. Because but what you, if, but what you if can't they have, hurt. But, right. But what if they? Have, well, you can though. No, I mean you can break their ribs, but. Also, they could die otherwise. They could also die yeah, from broken and, ribs. And and I'm actually I'm I'm actually passionately fucking angrily telling you this because because I stood guys I fucking stood by no I know and watched know. somebody die I know before I know. I'm dead serious I know and I get fucking mad about that because I'm I'm fucking mad right now <laughs> but because you should, I watched but, somebody but, die but, guys and I, <laughs> I know I know but also. Do you agree that you should also check for a pulse? hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, but yeah. That, that, that's the only that's all, thing. That's all. That's all. But when that's I talked to Jer, when I walked into this room <laughs> that night after that thing, I'm not and laughing I talked at you. I'm just laughing because you're so because I because I believe that we could be putting out the wrong information that would commit somebody to not do it, and then somebody could die because that happened to me. I was there. I and, think people are reading between and, the lines of the joke. And when and when <laughs> I do too, I'm not actually I'm not actually offended by you guys. I'm just passionately saying this. Because it's important. But listen, because Jared, and this is the last thing I want to add. When when I came in that night, 
And, uh, and Andrew asked me if I checked Taylor's pulse. And I was like, no, I didn't. And he was like, okay. He said to me, he was like, for context, okay. for context, so you, you, this all yeah. happened. We were, I was here at the office with my friend, Andrew, you yeah. came in and you were like, guys, I think Taylor might be not okay. And you told us the story and Andrew got very worried because yeah. Andrew's an RT. He's, he's a healthcare I was in, professional. And, and when I said I was worried that he was not okay, it was not because I did CPR to him. No, that no, I, was no, worried no, no. That he, I was worried that he was not okay heart because he fucking passed out. Yeah. And so, yeah. but the, the, the thing that Andrew said to me, it was like, oh, well, sometimes it's very difficult to find a pulse anyway. So right. if you don't find a pulse yeah, um, and you're, or if you're unsure if you're even touching in the right place, yeah, yeah. then you should do CPR yes. anyway. Yeah. 100%. So, so yes, you should obviously look for yeah. a pulse first. Now, what do you think, how do you think this conversation... Don't be would, afraid to do CPR. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, Brian, I don't disagree with you, but what do you think that conversation would be, the conversation would be right now if it was just the two of us doing this because you killed Taylor? <laughs> do you well, think you'd be you, do you think you'd be like guys don't ever do cpr it's uh, never worth it i wouldn't be doing this podcast. I my best perspective man. i would i would i wouldn't be doing this podcast i'd probably be in a dark place yeah, in my yeah, life yeah. where i'd be yeah. like i'm not comfortable yeah. talking about anything in front of anybody yeah. ever again um <laughs> while they made their pitch Rightfully to the so. province to help spread the word guthrow and stickings watched from the public gallery overhead <laughs> Uh, Dr. John Sapp, a cardiologist, told the committee Sticking's fast action was essential. Quote, those were critical seven and a half minutes, said Sapp. The results, uh, the results in, is, is in front of all of us that Sophia is alive, standing among us in the gallery because her teacher recognized what was happening, was not afraid to act, and she knew what to do. Did she reference our podcast? Like uh, she had listened to an episode that we had done. And she went, I was going to do it with... with within one second and then i thought let me give it a beat and do the proper assessment i don't want to yeah i don't want to hurt her i also think (laughs) hey hey listen um to 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 my credit too i think i would have maybe had a better (laughs) done a better assessment of the situation if we hadn't just smoked weed (laughs) like five minutes before uh, assessing the situation and drank yeah. All day. Yeah. yeah and, and, uh, <laughs> and I don't think that Miss Stickings was drunk or high when this happened. So, uh, uh, Catherine Rand, the director of health policy and systems at Heart and Stroke Nova Scotia, told the committee that her organization wants to train groups of students in grade seven and nine how to administer CPR and how to use AEDs. <clears throat> I think that uh, honestly, the AED thing is is hella important because um, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's not enough AEDs out there. I don't know for sure, but I, I have a feeling like the, we could probably, I don't know where the closest one is to me, probably across the street at the, at the pharmacy that There's is probably across an the street AED from in me. this building. You think there is? No. I haven't seen one. I haven't, one. Seen, I one. haven't no. seen one, but yeah. I, it wouldn't, I, I feel like there would There be. should be one. So the fact that is. we don't know that is like, yeah. that's, that, yeah. that's a problem, right? So and where do you think the closest one is? I think at the, I, my guess would be at the pharmacy across the street from my place. So from here, that's a two minute walk, uh, yeah. maybe a 30 second run. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a minute to get it back up here. Yeah. Um, they said, quote, the key to improving survival rates involves equipping Nova Scotians with the skills and equipment needed to provide a layer of protection to cardiac arrest victims when an emergency strikes, said Rand. We want to create a generation of heroes through embedding CPR AED education into the school system. The national organization is hoping to start pilot projects in Nova Scotia, Ontario, Alberta, and British Columbia as early as the next school year teaching junior high and high school students how to save people who ex, uh, experience a cardiac arrest. Quote, 
It's an immersive documentary experience where the students will be walked through how to respond to a cardiac arrest by witnessing a teacher actually collapsing of a cardiac arrest. And then they have two minutes of practice using CPR mannequins, as well as the use of an AED, said Rand following the meeting. Our hope is to implement uh, it in the province by November of this year. And the interesting thing, like when I'm thinking about this, we didn't learn any of this shit in high school. You know, like it is, it is kind of funny that we don't include that in high school education because I not. I feel like we did. No, we had it. I I didn't. I think the first time I ever got CPR training was doing like a babysitter's course. Mm. Yeah. When I was, when I was young and that was through the school. Yeah. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like, uh, did you ever take care of children, Jeremy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) And I was very good at it. The, I was, and I'm fucking serious about this, dude. (laughs) I'm very serious about this. I don't. I took care I don't of a number know. of children. I don't know if you. I don't think you were. <laughs> um, guys, do you, do you think do, do you think that it's possible to get kids to care about CPR? That's the other thing. You know, you, I, I mean, junior high students. I don't know. I, I think there is. You know, so so here's a little like a little anecdote. When I was doing, um, when I was, I, I went on this like whitewater kayaking, whitewater rafting. Um, excursion over like three months, and the the whole the whole it was a curriculum. The whole thing was like you you come out of it in the end with your as a certified raft guide and a certified whitewater kayak instructor. And as a part of that, we had to do our wilderness first responder training. And the way that they had set up this training is that it's like a seven day intensive, and it's it's highly interactive, and so like at the end of the training, like on day six or day seven, we, we were all like hanging out, having a couple of beers and unbeknownst to us, one of the, one of the guys that was like a part of our, like one of the raft guides that had been like training us <clears throat> comes in while we're like, ha- like, you know, we're in like chill mode. We're in fucking, let's get drunk and, and eat food and, and, you know, shenanigans. And this guy runs in and he goes, all right, we got to go. Like there was an emergency uh, down in the ravine and we got to get like stat everyone up and let's go. And we were like, oh shit. Okay. We all immediately knew that this was like an exercise, but this exercise was as an actor, this was one of the fucking coolest things I've ever been a part of. We all jump on a bus and we have to drive 25 minutes to this like crazy, um, place in the fucking woods next to this wild wild river like on the ottawa river somewhere in quebec and the the bus drive it's it's like middle of the night it's like 11 30 the bus is driving and we're like two minutes away from the the um like the headquarters that we're going to set up and and we've gotten on the drive we've gotten this uh this this sort of uh debrief that okay there's three um, there's three people who need rescuing and we don't have a lot of information about these three people. We just have like a general idea of like where within this like national park they might be. So we're driving there all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> one of the guys, one of the instructors driving the bus, like literally a school bus. Okay. It was like 15 of us on it slams on the brakes, like, like going from 50 to zero in like a second. We like, you know, and you're on a bus, like there's no seatbelts. We people like slam against the seats and the guy driving it <laughs> screams. He goes, oh, oh, no, no. Oh, no. And we were like, what, what the fuck? And one of the other instructors was outside 
of the bus. And so we all get off and the bus had hit him and he was just laying in front of the fucking bus. So the guy who was driving the bus is like, all right, he just got hit by a car. Two of you need to stay with him. So people are like, okay, uh, we will. So they get up. They didn't actually hit him, but this was all set up. This was all like <coughs> keeping us on our toes. <laughs> so we leave those two people and they are there to revive him, to save this guy's life. Meanwhile, the people are like, oh, my, but my arm's fucking broken because you just jammed yeah, 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 yeah. the brakes on yeah, on the fucking of, bus. Six of us have whiplash. None of us can move. And so and we're all suing. <laughs> so, so these two get off and they start, they start trying to resuscitate this guy. And the guy that's, that's the patient, he is taking notes in his head as to the steps of, of which these people are taking in, in order to, to, to say whether or not they've passed or failed. Um, so he died. He didn't make it. We find this out later. Bus continues to the... Oh, so they fucked up. They didn't fuck up. He was going to die anyway. Uh, so that was all part of the thing. Mm. So then we get, to the, we get to the like HQ and we get out and we set up this like little um, sort of base and uh, like base camp and we you know one of the people one of the people in our group is like all right i'll i'll take like a leadership role here he sends off teams of like two or three to the three different patients that are like spread out through this thing and then we with like headlamps and flashlights and shit go out pitch black like in the fucking middle of nowhere and we're just going out and yelling at the, these people's names, trying to find them. So we have no idea where they are. We just have a general like sense of the, the area with a map. We've never been here before. And we're going around. Eventually, I end up with my team of, I think it was two, three of us. We find this woman. And we yell and we hear her. We hear her, we, but like barely audible. We hear her like kind of moaning. She doesn't like respond with words. And she was down this insane like totally fucking insane like embankment at the base of a waterfall and it's it's like misting rain so we're like climbing down these slippery ass rocks to get to her and we get down there and she Sounds is Sounds like the most dangerous it's exercise dude, to like wait it gets way fucking crazier way more it was so da- I, like i actually we're looking back and i'm like man it's wild that they even like trusted us to do this shit we get down there she has really tight pants on and there's a giant bulge in her, in her, in her leg, in her femur. So we were like, oh, okay. She has, so she has a compound fracture of her femur. So we have to, we have to put, we have to do like manual traction on her femur bone and then set her leg with a paddle. And then she had like, she had a couple other, uh, oh, she had a pneumothorax. So like we, we like lift her shirt up and there was like a, like a, a fake blood and like a hole. So we had to, we had to, we had to like fix the pneumothorax, the hole in her lung by put it, putting this like bag on her lung to create like, uh, I forget the name of it. It's like, like reverse pressure or something like that. So we were doing negative, all these things, negative pressure, negative pressure or something like that. And so, so then we're like, we got to get her out of here. So we had to go, we, one of us had to run back to the base camp and get a, a stretcher. And then we had to bring the stretcher down the, the embankment. <clears throat> strap her to it and then we had to hoist her up the same fucking slippery ass rocky and this this girl she is just trusting us and is strapped onto a fucking stretcher mm. as we slide her up these rocks and then you dropped her and three of the participants died along with the actor it was a real yeah. death yeah yeah she really didn't make <laughs> yeah. it uh we saved her we we, we passed with flying colors but uh it, it was it was wild but anyway my, the, the whole point of telling that story is that no matter who you are in a in a situation like that 
that feels so real and is so like immersive, it's hard not to kind of get caught up in the, in the, and this might be the wrong word for it, but like the excitement of learning how to do those types of things. But even in the excitement, Jeremy, before you, before you did anything to the patient, you assessed what they needed first. Yeah. First thing first, I, I asked no questions. I jumped right on, on top of her and I just started giving her hardcore CPR. As soon as all of her lungs cracked and she and her ribs, ribs cracked, yeah. she looked yeah. up and she said, I don't even need this. And I was like, oh, sorry, my bad. Uh, oh, you're right. Your leg's uh, fucked up. You know what? You know, it's crazy that we I was breathing. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, you know, the crazy thing is, is that, that Taylor and I have never told you is that when we were in the Calgary airport and yeah, yeah. we did, we did CPR on the guy. Yeah. Um, and then, and the firefighters came in and stuff. Um, actually when it all ended, he actually got up and shook our hands and said, you passed. And that was from a CPR <laughs> course. <laughs> we had actually been doing the CPR course years ago. And yeah, and, yeah it's and just, this was the and final the, test. And the final drug adult man got up and went, good job, guys. <laughs> he actually handed me my St. John's ambulance card. Yeah. Now I'm actually certified. But right. I forgot wow. everything I learned in that course yeah. when um, Taylor wow. passed out. <laughs> so uh, let's move right on here. We'll wrap it up with this week's <laughs> edition of What the Hell? And this is from Stina. So, uh, Jen and Stina, you both get producer of the week this week. Thank you. Fuck yeah. Guys, this is fucking insane. Geico. You guys know what Geico is? Yeah. Geico, the insurance company? Save money yeah. on car insurance. Uh, That's right. Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway owns Geico. So cool. Little gecko. Very, very cool. Uh, Geico, Witty the gecko, is facing $5.2 million in a pay... Excuse me, in a payout to a woman who got HPV from fucking in a man's insured car. So Geico could re- be required to pay a Missouri woman $5.2 million because she said she contracted an STD while having sex in the car of a man who was insured by the company. A three-judge panel of the Missouri Court of Appeals on Tuesday upheld a Jackson County Court's decision affirming an arbitrator's finding that the woman was entitled to the award. I actually, what? I actually read, I read about this, and then I read some comments on this. And when you read this article, you can actually understand why they ruled it in in that way. But then when you hear the counter argument, it's like, oh well, that's it's not in the spirit of the the insurance policy. Well, how, but, however, Maryland-based Geico has uh, filed a federal lawsuit arguing the woman's claim is not covered by the man's insurance policy. Hmm. Uh, the company said in an email Thursday that lawsuit will determine whether, quote, there is coverage in this matter. According to court documents, the woman, identified as M.O., um, and a man who were in a relationship had hanky-panky in the man's car. She contends that she contracted HPV, the human papilloma virus, uh, because the man did not tell her he had the disease. HPV can cause cervical cancer. Uh, and other cancers and general awards. Uh, in February 2021, MO notified Geico that she planned to seek a $1 million insurance settlement against the man. She argued the man's auto insurance provided coverage for her injuries and losses. <laughs> wow, the, this is so outside the, the scope. The but, but on paper, technically, the way that that's written. I, really, though? Because, like, what does the guy's car insurance have to do? Because he, because she fucked it, him in it? No, no, dude, listen, it's the same, same way with, like, uh, like, contents insurance in, like, in, in your house. How, like, it's not, it's not necessarily, like, uh, if something's, like, stolen in your house or, like, you go on, uh, this is actually a better example. 
you go on vacation and something's stolen from you, sometimes your like home insurance policy I did that covers with my it. MacBook. Right. So yeah. it's like it sometimes is like goes beyond what like the policy, the way that it's yeah. written and what it tells you that you're entitled to is actually goes beyond what you think how might be. Th- how do you think this woman got to how do you think like who was this woman talking to? This is a really good question. Where really she got the where yeah. someone went, hey, I, here's the loophole. You fucked him in in that Chevy. Um, well, obviously she fucked him in a in a fucking it was it was a Pontiac Sunfire. Clearly, yeah. um, you fucked him in that Sunfire. I bet you because you were in the confines of the sun, Sunfire that you can probably get in. You can get car. You can get the this was a, through. This was like a Better Call Saul type of lawyer situation. Yeah. Wild. See, because what I don't understand is that it's not a motor vehicle incident that causes. The harm. It doesn't have to be, though, the, the, by the way that it's... So keep reading. So the insurance company refused the settlement offer with the $1 million. I agree. Um, saying that the woman's claim did not occur because of normal use of the vehicle. <laughs> hey, what's normal use of a vehicle? You know what I mean? It's got a bed in the back. Um, an arbitrator eventually determined that she should be awarded $5.2 million for damages and her injuries. She then filed a motion in Jackson County Court seeking to confirm the award. Geico claimed it did not know the man and woman had entered into arbitration, and when it found out, it sought to intervene in the court case. The company argued the arbitration was awarded. Uh, the, the arbitration awarded was reached through collusion and fraud, violated its rights due to due process, and was unforce, uh, 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 unenforceable. Uh, the lower court rejected Geico's request and confirmed the award prompting the insurance company's appeal because it said it did not have a, quote, meaningful opportunity to defend its interests, according to the court documents. The appeals court found that GEICO did not have the right to re-litigate the issues after the award had been affirmed. I guarantee this will get thrown out at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll just get... It'll if just, it doesn't, it will go if it on. doesn't, it's going to... You know what it's going to do? It's going to have that cascade effect. Remember when the... Remember when the... I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like back in the day, there was a, there was a, a person, a man or a woman, and they ordered a coffee from McDonald's and they like yeah. poured it on their dick or something. And <laughs> they then poured they their like, hands. Whatever. <laughs> and so they, they poured it on their dick. And so they, they just cover their dick in scalding hot coffee and they're like, well, sue a McDonald's for ruining my balls. And then, and then, and then I think that like pa- they got it. They got, they, they, yeah. they, and then, and then that's why like now cups all say like hot, don't pour on dick uh, on them. Yeah. And, but after that, there was people going, oh, well, I'm going to sue McDonald's for making me fat or I'm going to sue McDonald's yeah. for fucking, yeah. you know, like, you know, taking I mean, a dump in my fries or something whatever. Something like this, if it holds up, it really does. And I know this sounds fucking crazy, but it does <laughs> open the door or the door that leads to the door that leads to the door that leads to the door where people are like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to um, like kill myself in this car. And and. The insurance company, it, it won't be my insurance, it won't be my life insurance, the insurance company, that, the car, the, the, whoever holds the policy of the car insurance company will be the, they'll be on the hook for my death. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like, it opens up, like these, cra- like, I mean, that's why the law is so fucking complicated because it's yeah. never, nothing in the law is ever the thing that you're actually talking about. It's the door that it opens to the next thing, to the next yeah, thing, yeah, and to the yeah, next yeah, thing, yeah. like 10 iterations down the road. Yeah. And that's why the law is so fucking hard because it's so hard to have the foresight to know what you are opening the door to in the future. If you have sex in a car, are you using the car as a as like a thing that you're having sex in? Yeah. 
So like, it's is a bet that, on wheels, dude. Is that use of the vehicle? Yeah, dude, I don't know. I mean, like, if they were <laughs> fucking, what about this? They're fucking in the car, right? And then he and they and they had just finished. You know, there was like a little bacock, and and you know, cars are fall, small, especially at Pontiac Sunfire. They're tiny. Um, and I would know because I'm from Sackville, and that's what I used to drive around and do donuts in. <laughs> and so you're done fucking in the back of the Sunfire, and you're like, all right, got to climb up to the front seat. And of course, like the guy's underwear is around his ankles, and she's kind of like cleaning up, and she's like, I'll be up in the front in a second. And he goes, okay, cool. And he, he didn't help clean he, up. He goes, oh, it's a Sunfire. Never mind. Yeah, he ain't helping. And so <laughs> he goes to get in the front seat, and then he falls on the the gear shift, and it and it goes up his ass and tears his colon open. Hundred percent insurance claim. Yeah. Well, in this scenario, yeah. Yeah. Now, what if? Okay, what if? What if he fell on the the gear shift, and he went, oh, and he transported to another dimension? No, no, <clears throat> no, no. He went on it. He fell on it, and it hit his prostate. He came again. Okay. <laughs> then he gets up, and he's like, "Holy shit, that was amazing." He should pay them compensation. Well, hold on. Let me finish. He gets up off the thing, but there was, um, there was AIDS. On the gear shift. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. And well, he gets the insurance he, company has to pay for it. Yeah, right. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, what if he put the aids there? You know what I? You know what I? Be, what would be really funny if they if they they threw that the the question that this whole case hung on where they were if what was if they were like were the keys in the car like yeah. the way that yeah. like the way mm, that if you're drunk like if yeah. you're drunk right. and the keys are in the car even if you're in the passenger seat or the back seat I'm pretty sure they can still give you a yeah. drinking and driving charge because the keys are in the car which is like some type of like intent to drive or something yeah. which like is that. which is bogus though if you're if you're drunk and like you're not gonna drive home and you're at a party but well, then, that was you, like me. then you got in the backseat of yeah. your car to sleep yeah. I mean, it would definitely take like, an asshole like, oh, cop, I, I, i've but. done that i i uh the week of our wedding and uh it was we went out to hunters in on pei and we got way heasted like i like black like bla- almost blackout drunk for me all of us were more messed up. And I remember having to do my mask and I was like, well, I got to do my mask now. And so I went and I sat in the driver's seat and I had to turn the car on and I just oh, right, cranked the seat the, all yeah. the way back. And I went to sleep in the car while it was on, while I was doing my mask. I wasn't going to drive. Right. But if a cop came up and I mean, in that case, the they would have gotten it because oh, I the car is on. I am in the And they would side. go, you just drove here. Yeah, yeah. To here. <laughs> yeah, just didn't yeah, turn yeah. the car off. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, I'm doing one mask. I need the power. I've done it. A few, I've slept in my car a few times and, and, I've, and I don't know where I heard that. I don't even know if that's fucking true. I, I just, something that I remember hearing as a kid, probably something that my, yeah. my dad told me or something. And then because of that. You just throw your keys away. A and few times. I've just, I've just took them and put them on the wheel, like on, on the top of one oh, of the yeah, wheels yeah, and just get in the car and go to sleep. Yeah, right. And then go. Yeah. He's under the car. That's a good idea. Well, uh, I think the moral of the, of the story today is, um, I don't know, what are we talking about? Don't rub your eyes and uh, don't. Uh, Next time you fuck in a car and get an STD, sue the car. Sue, sue yeah, the insurance sue company. Sue everyone. Yeah. And, just, sue and also, uh, we, how could you forget, but just do CPR to everyone too. Yes. At all times. No questions asked. Sure. Exactly. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Feel Good Friday. We're coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And you can uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you do that and uh, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or leave a rating on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to support the podcast further, come on over to our Discord where people are uh, helping produce the podcast by sending us these wonderful articles, having awesome conversations, and still to this day sharing the Wordle scores. Got four today, no big deal. 
Um, and uh, I mean, really no big deal. It's not great. It's not bad. <laughs> it's just right. It's on par. Um, and uh, and yeah, if you want to support the podcast, just keep on listening and tell everyone you know to listen to. And I think that the most appropriate um, request for letters today would be, where's the craziest place that you've caught HPV? <laughs> <laughs> um, let us know. Uh, send us a letter to letters at sickboypodcast.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and fill out the form. And a huge shout out to the folks that make this show possible. A uh, big thank you to Rich O'Coin, who does the theme music, and to Jeff Lonis, our manager. We love you both. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.